Merry Christmas, everyone. I enjoy tent camping. And I don't know if any of you knew that, but in fact, Ruth and I both enjoy tent camping. Uh, on our honeymoon, we actually camped out in Yellowstone for a few days in a tent that we had just received at our wedding there. Eliana could tell you all about uh, camping out when we were on vacation with Ruth's family up in Wisconsin. And as a kid, one of my memories that I have about camping was growing up in Florida. We knew some beautiful campgrounds up in Georgia, and we would drive up there and have a family camping trip there. Ever since I can remember, really, I, I can't remember not loving tent camping. Maybe some of you love doing that also. The very last Bible verse that we read together before our last song was John 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. There's a picture, a word picture in those words there that because we don't speak ancient Greek, we miss out on. But if you go back to John's original text of the Bible, you go back into the ancient Greek there in which John wrote, he uses this peculiar word, which our English translation there renders, made his dwelling. But what John wrote literally means this, the word became flesh and set up his tent among us. When John says that, uses this peculiar word that he uses there, uh, it's meant to call up a lot of Bible history. And as folks who've been here at Grace of God for some time, I bet a lot of you are pretty familiar with this Bible history. It's, it's the history of God's Old Testament people during their time in the wilderness living in tents. They spent years, 40 years, wandering in the wilderness after the Exodus, living in tents, worshiping at that tent temple, the tabernacle, which even after they had finally been brought into their permanent home in Israel, in Canaan, they still worshipped at that tent tabernacle for some time before finally they built a, a permanent structure to worship at. John wants to call all of that tent imagery from the Old Testament to mind for his, his original audience because he wants to tell them, look, all of that, all of this time that our ancestors spent living in those tents, all of those wilderness years were pointing to Jesus. All of that was meant to tell us about Jesus who was going to come. Now, because you all, again, know your Bibles pretty well, been reading them for a long time, maybe you knew some of that history, right? Knew some of that about the tents, the wilderness years. But even if you didn't, once you dive into this thought, there's something that we can think about and learn from this peculiar word that John uses about Jesus at Christmas coming into the world to set up his tent. I like tent camping, like I said, but I wouldn't want to live in a tent. And I'm sure if you enjoy tent camping, you would feel the same way, right? I like my house, and I'm sure you do as well. Camping is fun, but nobody really wants to live in a tent, at least not that many people. And these days we hear news around our country in the wake of rising housing prices and housing shortages about tent encampments, right, coming up in all kinds of cities across our country. Nobody living in that kind of situation wanted to end up there. We think about those kind of issues, those kind of situations this time of year, don't we? We think about people who are less fortunate than ourselves. We prayed about 
people in those kind of situations, in fact, right at the beginning of our service. This time of year, we think about those things because of all the messaging we hear around giving, generosity, gifts, community, right? Maybe you didn't know this fact. Almost a third of all charitable giving year to year in the United States happens in December. And now, right, we're going to be honest with ourselves. As humans, part of that is a tax thing, right? You can wait until the end of the year and figure out exactly how much you're able to, to give to get your income wherever. You know, I don't make that much money that I have to worry about how that all works, but I know that that works some kind of way. Part of it is that, but part of it is a real response to these messages that we hear at this time of year about generosity and gifts and giving, community, about helping. Those messages don't come from nowhere. Those messages have their root in the message, the good news of Christmas, the message that Jesus Christ came to earth, this gift given from God to us, to all people. Right? That's the central story of Christmas. That's the gift from which all of the gift-giving attitude of this season flows. Gifts beget gifts. Giving begets giving. Love begets love. When we consider this verse that we're looking at, John 1 verse 14, we learn something about this gift given to us here at Christmas. Jesus, this baby, Born probably not on December 25th, right? But whose birth we're celebrating anyway at this time of year. Jesus is the eternal Son of God. The baby in Bethlehem is the God who existed at the beginning. As John said, he is the Word who was with God in the beginning and is very God. And from eternity then, Jesus has always lived in community, in, in perfect relational love with God the Father and God the Spirit grew up, you could say, in the best house possible. But Jesus gave that up to come and save us. Jesus gave up his home in heaven, his place at God the Father's side, that perfect relational love that existed between him, the Father, the Spirit from all eternity. For a time he gave that up. Left that home in heaven, came into our world, set up a tent, to save us, came into our beautiful and tragic world where, where loss and impermanence permeate so many of our days to be one of us, to live life like we live it. Jesus came into this world and moved around as a kid. And undoubtedly in that, he felt the same kind of sadness that we feel when our lives are uprooted for this reason or that. Jesus lived in this world, and while living in this world, he saw friends and family die. Joseph, his earthly father figure, his, mother, his mother's husband. Right? The last record we have of Joseph in the Bible is when Jesus is around eight years old. He's in the temple. Then the Bible jumps forward to Jesus, age 30, beginning his public ministry, and there's no more mention of Joseph. A lot of people have pretty reasonably concluded this man who raised Jesus probably died sometime in those intervening 22 years. Jesus made friends in this life like we do. And just like happens in our friendships often, albeit on a much greater scale, Jesus was betrayed by a friend, abandoned by other friends, just as we are in this life. 
Jesus came into this world to live all of life, to, to experience everything that we experience, right? To experience joy, to laugh, and also to experience sadness, to cry, to, to hurt, to suffer. He came into our world to live all of life as we live it, as we experience it, with real flesh and blood, hurt feelings, sadness, heartbreak, for you. And then he died. Right? Jesus' impermanent state of existence came to an end, just as it's going to come to an end for all of us, because we are all living in tents in this life, right? This is not a permanent place. We are all living in tents, moving from this place to that place to the next place, living in this situation, living in that situation, always pulling up roots, always moving along day in, day out, change all around us until one day finally the wandering comes to a permanent end. But that wasn't the end of Jesus' story. Even if you didn't know that Old Testament history of the people living in those tents, wandering in the wilderness, even if you didn't know that history, I know all of you know Easter. That's history you know. Right? Jesus did die. That impermanent state of his existence came to its end. And on the third day after, he came out of his grave, rose. And he did not rise to pick up again that same kind of impermanent existence that he had lived before that you and I still live. No, Jesus rose to immortality, to recovered perfection. Not some kind of plastic stasis, right? When Jesus rose, he wasn't uh, like a toy from Toy Story, right? All plastic, never changing, walking through life. No. Jesus rose to real life. Life that would not end. Life that wasn't going to run out. Life that was meant to be lived, not in these earthly tents, but in the house of God in heaven. That's the gift Jesus came to bring us at Christmas, friends. Stability. Assurance. Permanence. All through the forgiveness of sins, won at his cross. We are born. We grow up. We age. We die in this world that constantly changes all around us. Jesus came to change that to bring something new and permanent into that real life, eternal life, life that's not going to run out, life that doesn't come to its end, life that matters because it's life that's going to last forever. And you know what? Even though Jesus now exists in that state, as we too will in the resurrection, he must still like camping as much as I do. Because Jesus still camps out. Still brings himself to a place for a time. But this is what he says. Wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am. Jesus is here tonight. He's camped out with us here as we gather around the story of his birth. When we leave tonight, Jesus goes with each one of us. It's another promise of his. He is with us always until the very end of the age. In this earthly camping trip we call life, Jesus comes along. 
Right? He sets up his tent where we set up ours. He goes with us to, to comfort, to encourage, to strengthen, to guide, to protect, to forgive. On this earthly camping trip, he joins us together with others. Other pilgrims, other wanderers, other campers. So that we might do all those same things for one another also. Forgive one another. Guide, protect, encourage, strengthen one another. And when all those days of wandering, tent setting, tent taking down, pulling up states, moving somewhere else, when all that comes to an end, the Jesus who came at Christmas makes this promise to us. He will be there to take us home. Merry Christmas, friends. Amen.